Hello, I'm David Lee and welcome to Podcasts by Brodies. In this series, we take an in-depth look at some common and not so common questions and scenarios Brodie's lawyers have faced over the years. This series relates to English law. In each episode, we talk to Brodie's legal experts and some special guests about a specific issue. We hear their insights and experiences that allow them to take the right approach when they're asked the deceptively simple question, what do I do if? This episode focuses on the threat of a winding up petition a move that's potentially catastrophic for any business. So knowing what to do and who to speak to if faced with such a petition is essential. And I'm joined to discuss this important topic by two Brodie's experts, partner Jared Oyston, a seasoned regular, and senior associate Andrew Scott. Welcome to you both. Jared, let's start at the very beginning. What in simple terms can you tell us is a winded up petition? So a winding up petition is essentially an application that can be made by a creditor. So that's a person, a company, a business who is owed money by a company um, that they, they can make to the court seeking an order that the company that owes the money be wound up on the basis that it cannot pay its debts. So in other words, it's a means of forcing that company into insolvent liquidation. And if a winding up petition is successful, the running of the company will be taken out of the hands of its directors. It'll be handed over to a liquidator and their role really will be, as the name suggests, to liquidate the assets of the company uh, for the purpose of realizing funds, which will allow it to pay the company's creditors in accordance with a statutory order of priority. And a winding up petition tends to be instigated by a creditor where there's no real dispute in relation to the amount that's owed, for example, a judgment debt. And in those circumstances, the creditor is effectively entitled to conclude that the reason why the company hasn't paid is because it's unable to do so and is therefore insolvent. Okay. And why, Jared, can this be such a a potential catastrophe for a business if if they're faced by a winding up order? Presumably, it tends to apply when a company, as you say, there is a clear debt there and they're in pretty dire straits. That's exactly right. I mean, so the reason why uh, winding up petition um, can be potentially catastrophic is because if in due course a winding up order is, is obtained, it effectively represents the end of the company's business. The liquidator will come in and take charge. Directors will no longer be in situ. The company will cease trading. And what was once the company's business, its its assets, its contracts, its licenses, any money that was owed by third parties, all of those will cease to be used to generate revenue for the company and will instead uh, effectively be liquidated to raise funds to pay the company's creditors. And Andrew, if I can bring you in, um... If you're facing a, a winding up petition, what are the options? Uh, how can you seek to challenge the kind of threat of, of being wound up? Yeah, thanks, David. I think at the stage of a threat of a winding up, um, I mean, Jared mentioned a, a judgment debt, but often what you will find is that the threat of winding up proceedings uh, can take the form of a, a letter from a solicitor or even a, a statutory demand, which is a, a prescribed form which is issued to companies setting out what the debt is and demanding that within a period of time. And the first thing you will want to do if you receive either of those is to check, first of all, that it's got the correct party named. It's not uncommon in our experience for a creditor to send a demand to the wrong entity. 
Uh, so I certainly want to check that. But if there's nothing technically wrong with the demand that has been made, the critical question is whether the debt is disputed. Um, if it is undisputed, um, you're going to have to pay that debt, or certainly if that's not possible because of cash flow issues, um, you need to immediately engage uh, with that creditor uh, to agree a time to pay uh, agreement. What you don't do in this situation and what happens in many situations is people bury their heads in the sand. Uh, you need to engage. However, if the debt is disputed, and again, it's not uncommon for creditors to, to threaten winding up on the basis of a debt, which actually is a disputed debt, then you do have a few more options available to you at, at that stage. Um, and that's because the courts are very clear that a winding up process is not the place to adjudicate on a disputed debt. Um, if it's disputed on bona fide and substantial grounds, it can't just be I don't think this is due. There has to be a substantial basis for saying that it's not due. Um, then that person cannot petition um, to wind up the company. They don't have uh, the standing to do so. So on receipt of a statutory demand or on a, th a threat of a, of a winding up petition, what you really want to do is understand what the debt is. Is it disputed? Is there any element of disputed debt? And then immediately contact the other side to set out the basis on which it's disputed and ask them to, to undertake not to make any formal application to the court to wind up. Um, and it's only really at that stage, if they fail to give you that undertaking, that you might need to take proactive steps yourself uh, to prevent them from doing that. Okay, thanks very much, Andrew. So, so let's assume there's 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 no dispute on the debt. There's no errors made. Uh, there's no uh, uh, suggestion of a settlement. We move to the winding up petition. If a winding up petition is then presented to a court and ad or advertised, what are the first steps a business should take when it's got to that petition stage? Yeah, so let, let's take the scenario again. A petition has been presented, um, but not yet advertised. Um, the, the mere presentation of a petition uh, has some serious consequences, some of which we'll look at a little bit later, um, but those only multiply once it's advertised. So if you're only at the stage where it's been presented, again, you want to take very immediate steps to prevent any advertisement if that is possible. Uh, again, if the debt is undisputed, um, you'll want to arrange payment or you want to discuss um, with the creditor uh, what they will accept in terms of a payment uh, proposal. Um, but again, it, it may be, and it's again not uncommon, uh, that the petition has been presented, but you do think there is a genuine dispute to the debt or there is a basis, again, in how the petition has been presented and um, that you think that that petition has been presented um, wrongly. And at that stage, again, you want to be in immediate contact with your um, uh, opponent uh, to be able to explain why that is and whether they will withdraw the petition or certainly give an undertaking not to advertise. And, and it's a really small window um, because ultimately a creditor, once they have um, served the petition on you as a company, there are about seven days before they will advertise. So you really have to get your skates on um, either to pay the debt if, if you think that is the, the right thing to do um, or if there is a dispute to engage with them within that seven day window. Um, once it has been advertised, the next stage is really the hearing of the petition. Um, and, uh, and, and so you'll be looking to prepare, um, again, what you're going to do at that hearing. Um, but both of those cases, you, you really need to be taking immediate action uh, to prevent um, a more serious consequence coming in the future. And are the majority of kind of threats of winding up resolved before it gets to the advertisement stage? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, 
again, it's because of the um, you know the catastrophic implications, as, as Jared explained in relation to winding up. Um, often, if a company does have the means um, to pay the debt, then the threat of a winding up will result in that payment being made. Um, and, and often, um, it will be the trigger for meaningful negotiations between the parties so that it never really reaches uh, the stage of the court. So, it, it, again, it, it can often be a, a, a catalyst for, for settlement. Okay, thanks very much. So back to you, Jared. Let's talk about the kind of flow of money or, or not uh, when winding up proceedings happen. Can a bank freeze a business's account if a winding up petition's uh, presented? And what are the implications of that for the business? Yeah, so uh, it is, in fact, um, very standard for uh, a company's bank accounts to be frozen as soon as its banks find out that a winding up petition has been presented. And in fact, one of the practical effects of advertising the petition is to put banks on notice of the petition so that they can take appropriate steps in accordance with their, their own procedures and the agreement they have uh, with um, the, the company. Uh, and that will very often include freezing its accounts. Um, and the implications of that for the company are obviously very serious. With its accounts frozen, the company's ability to operate its day-to-day -day business operations, uh, paying staff, uh, paying suppliers, for example, those will be very severely curtailed. And you can see how this can become part of a snowball effect for the business. So parties who go unpaid as a result of the freezing of the company's bank accounts will effectively become part of a growing body of creditors who, who want their money. Um, and so to the extent that a company may have been seeking to trade its way through and out of a, a challenging period for the business, that strategy becomes very much more difficult uh, once bank accounts are frozen because of uh, the publication of uh, a winding up petition. And what are the knock on effects of that, Jared? What are the kind of business risks when your your customers and potentially other creditors find out about this petition and uh, what might happen then? Well, yeah, absolutely. As, as I say, this is uh, very much part of the sort of snowball effect that can that can develop. So, once a petition is advertised and becomes public knowledge, you can expect any party that might have an exposure to the company, its creditors, its customers, you know, they'll be put on notice of the potentially imminent winding up, and they will naturally seek to limit their exposure to the company. So that might mean uh, no longer trading with the company on credit. It might mean, where possible, calling in what credit may have already been extended to the company. Uh, customers can be expected to, if possible, avoid purchasing from the company um, due to the risk that they won't receive the goods or services that they're seeking to purchase and, and will effectively become uh, creditors themselves of an insolvent company. So really, once a petition is advertised, uh, the, the the risks in terms of your relationships with customers, creditors, suppliers, etc., are, are, are really quite serious. And, you know, it's obviously got impact in terms of credit, as you say, presumably in terms of longer term credit rating as well, but also wider reputational impacts. Absolutely. So even if a winding up order is not ultimately made, and it may be that actually the, the, the winding up or the, the winding up petition was without proper foundation. Um, but even if uh, it's not ultimately made, the mere fact of there having been a petition uh, presented can have you know, a significant long term impact on a business. It'll remain part of the public record um, and parties such as existing creditors, potential trading partners, current and future customers might you know, rightly or wrongly 
draw conclusions as to the company's financial health and or its attitude towards paying its debts uh, as they fall due. So at worst, uh, parties might conclude that a company is in a very perilous financial situation and, and not one they want to do business with. Um, but even short of that, you know, parties might wonder whether those who are running the company have a cavalier attitude to the to the company's obligations to its creditors and the stability of the company company generally. So it will raise all kinds of questions um, among the people that a company depends upon um, as to who who's running the company, the way they're running it, and whether it's someone they can rely on. Um, and those considerations will obviously be reflected in the company's credit rating. So rating agencies uh, monitor, as you'd expect, the relevant relevant publications for winding up petitions. And site of a winding up petition will almost inevitably see the credit rating uh, of a company downgraded. And, and even if the winding up order isn't granted in due course, it may not be that that in itself will result in the credit rating bouncing back. As always with credit ratings, it's very easy to lose your credit rating and can take a long time to earn it back. OK, thank you. And so we're in a pretty difficult situation, Andrew. We've heard the words catastrophic and perilous. Uh, if a company finds itself in these circumstances, what can it do if it wants to continue trading? Yeah, so it's, it's a very difficult situation for a company to be in and because the mere presentation of a petition, um, as Jared said, even if that um, petition is ultimately unsuccessful and can put it in a very difficult situation and and it needs to be alive a company in that situation to a particular section in the insolvency act section 127 um, which provides that uh, if a winding up order is made any uh, disposition any um, uh, outgoing um, uh, um, of the, of the company's property after the presentation of the petition is void so in effect the, the period between the presentation of the petition and any winding up order, if it is made, you know, any any disposition of the company's property in that time could be clawed back by a liquidator, um, and and so is 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 potentially void. Uh, now, the purpose of Section Twenty Seven is understandable. Um, in that period, um, uh, the liquidator, if if one is to be appointed, doesn't want the company's property to be uh, disposed of. Um, but it does mean it makes it very difficult for a company to trade. But the legislation does appreciate that there may be good grounds for why a company might want to make payments. Um, I think Jared mentioned payments to staff or suppliers, and it may be that they can do that, but they would have to make an application to the court uh, for a validation order in order to to do that. Okay. And so what can you tell us a bit more about what a validation order does, Andrew, in those circumstances? And then what about the other options, potentially injunctions and so on? Yeah, so the validation order really it gives comfort to the company and also to the recipient of any uh, payment that it's not going to be undone if the company was to go uh, subsequently into liquidation and a liquidator appointed. Um, to obtain such an order, the company needs to satisfy the court that the payment is in the overall interests of the uh, of the body of of unsecured creditors, and that's uh, that's a relatively high hurdle. So it is is a difficult order to obtain but it's again not uncommon in situations where a company says um, that this petition has has got no basis there's no grounds I've got a disputed debt and I I will demonstrate that at the at the hearing but before that I've got a period of three or four weeks where I need to pay staff I need to pay suppliers I need to keep keep trading Um, uh, and therefore if you can demonstrate to the court that it is in the overall interest of the creditors for those payments to be made then you can seek that order um, prospectively um, in order to be able to con- continue trading. Um, um, 
the the injunctions we mentioned injunctions and a couple of times previously obviously if if your um if your opponent is not prepared to undertake not to present a petition um or if if it's presented and they are not prepared not to advertise um then as a company you can injunct um apply for an injunction to prevent them from either presenting the petition or from advertising and again if you can demonstrate to the court that you've got a bona fide disputed debt, that the petition is not being presented on the right basis, then that prevents them from doing that. Um, and that can uh, give you the time that you need um, in order to either, as I say, pay the debt or, or negotiate um, with them or, or persuade them that actually th this isn't the proper course. Um, what needs to be done is that this debt needs to be uh, adjudicated upon in a, in a court action in the normal way. Um, so, so that injunction can pre prevent those steps happening, which can allow you to continue to trade your company as normal. Okay, thanks very much. And, and Jared, to bring you back in, let, let's assume none of that happens, none of the above. The winding up petition reaches core. What, what then? What happens next? Yeah, so if no resolution can be reached, which sees the winding up petition withdrawn or, or its advertisement restrained, then a hearing will be held before a judge and that will usually be a judge with expertise in corporate insolvency. So if you're before the uh, High Court in London, that would be a judge from the insolvency and, and companies court. So at the hearing, all interested parties will be entitled to appear and make submissions. So that would obviously include uh, the petitioner um, and the company itself, but also other creditors uh, may have a viewpoint that they want the court to take into account when, when deciding what order it should make. And in terms of the order that the court can make, the, the court does have a broad discretion as to how it deals with a, with a winding up uh, petition. But in broad terms, it'll do one of three things. It will either dismiss the petition or it will make the winding up order or it will make another order essentially to hold the ring before it is in a position to make one of those other orders. So it may it may be, for example, that it, it, it decides it wants to adjourn the hearing for a period in order for um, further information to be gathered in order that it can make a more informed decision than it feels it can on the day. Um, but in terms of how a company could essentially defeat the winding up petition and secure the dismissal of the petition, there are essentially you know two ways in which to do that um you know and it goes back to the the really core point that that andrew's um spoken about and this is this idea of convincing the court that this is a disputed debt um, obviously as andrew said there are there are other opportunities you have at which to potentially do that which would avoid you getting to a hearing but if you if you haven't taken those steps or um if you haven't been able to sort of get yourself into a position to put forward a case before the hearing then you you, you are able at the hearing to seek to um you know convince the judge that there is a genuine dispute in relation to the debt underlying the the winding up petition and if you're successful in doing that uh, you're you're not completely um out of the woods what the court will usually do is make an order for the filing and service of evidence in relation to the dispute and adjourn the hearing to a later date once that evidence is ready so that the court is able to basically make a decision as to whether the you know the, the, there is sufficient evidence evidence of a dispute there uh to justify uh, the dismissal of the the winding up petition the the other way in which a company might be able to uh, essentially avoid a winding up petition uh, being made is if it can convince the court that it will be able to make payment uh, of the debts within a reasonable further period of time. And the company in that situation will be able to give you know, a credible explanation, hopefully backed up by, by clear evidence 
as to why it can't pay the debt now, but will definitely be able to do so within a short further period. And in that situation, the court may take the view that actually it's not in the interests uh, of, of the parties as a whole uh, to make an order for the winding up of the company. So that's that's another way in which a party, um, e even if there's no disputed debt, and even if it isn't actually capable of paying there and then, um, might nonetheless be able to avoid um, a winding up order being made against it. But otherwise, you know, essentially, the, the company should brace itself for a winding up order being made. And it's fair to say that the court will have very little truck with, you know, complaints about, you know, market conditions, needing more time to turn things around, perhaps the possibility that the company is owed, you know, money by other parties as well, which, you know, which should have been paid. The company really will 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 sorry the, the court will have relatively little um scope to take those kind of factors into account so once a winding up petition reaches the court a company really will have its work cut out to avoid a, a winding up uh, order being made it is really only the existence of a genuine dispute in relation to the debt or a very clear plan to pay the debt within a reasonable time frame that will that will avoid that outcome okay thanks very much jared so this is it's clearly a complex area there are a number of options at each stage as to which direction the dispute can go. So, you know, why is it so important to get very early stage legal advice if you are caught up in this process? Well, hopefully what will be clear from this podcast is that whilst a winding up petition in itself needn't spell doom for a company and its business, it can have very serious consequences for a company. And the path to resolving the situation without suffering those consequences is really quite a narrow one. So the right action has to be taken in a really quite tight time frame in order to avoid some of the snowball effects that we've discussed you know, in, in, in this podcast. So decisions such as uh, whether the company can genuinely dispute the debt, uh, whether it should seek to injunct uh, the advertisement of the petition, those are really quite technical questions um, that the company will have to reach a view on you know, it, you know, pretty quickly. And given the stakes involved, it is worth investing in appropriate advice uh, in order to ensure that the company gets those big calls right. Okay. Thank you very much, Jared. And thank you to Andrew for your tremendous uh, insights today. Uh, a really clear explanation there of a very complex area. Uh, this podcast is part of Podcast by Brodies, where some of the country's leading lawyers and special guests share their enlightened thinking about issues and developments having an impact on the legal sector and what they might mean for organisations, businesses and individuals across the UK's economy and society. If you'd like to hear more, you can find Podcast by Brodies on all your favourite podcast platforms. And for more information and insights, please visit www.brodies.com. <laughs>